What's good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero alongside Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey there. So week nine, big things for both of our teams this week. Uh, big games. I'm a little worried for my Steelers. I'm sure you feel the same for your 49ers. Uh, yes. I mean, I, we'll get all into the details, but I feel like this is the perfect week to be facing the Cardinals. Like the 49ers getting a little lucky here. Yeah, I mean, look, injuries problems have been no stranger to 49ers and their fans, obviously. I don't want to say I'm taking joy in what's happening with the Cardinals. I'm just not upset by the fact that they might not have Kyler Murray. They might not have DeAndre Hopkins. They might not have A.J. Green, who was placed on the COVID list. So it is a much different Cardinals team that's going to San Francisco this week than the one the Niners faced in Arizona earlier in the year. Also, no J.J. Watt either because he's out with the shoulder injury. Yeah, and two of their offensive linemen are banged up and limited in practice, their center and their guard. Like, this could be a really rough situation for the Cardinals. That It all comes down to Kyler Murray. Like, I think if he's healthy enough to play and move around, if his ankle can just hold up, like they have a shot, right? Kyler Murray is fantastic. But if he's struggling out there, we saw it last year. He was on fire the first half of the season, got the shoulder injury, and that completely limited him and kind of destroyed the Cardinals down the stretch. So if that's what they're seeing now, they're in trouble. And this is huge for the 49ers massive and we're going to get into all of it before we do we want to remind you please rate review and follow the niners nation podcast network we tell you a million times if you leave a review we will read it on the show which brings me to this five-star review from mig metal subject is truthful and straight to the point i really appreciate this podcast because it's informative and done by real fans no bs no sugar coating what our eyes are seeing on the field it was here the first time I heard someone call out Kittle being considered a dominant elite tight end. That was me. I've been saying, oh. I've been saying trade Kittle last year. Get in, gets injured almost every year, and his best attribute right now is his blocking. Keep this great content going. Well, Mig Metal, thank you very much. Look, we give you the honest truth. I always say we want to be authentic on this show. One of the reasons we wanted to bring Michelle on the network is because you are not a 49ers fan, Michelle. So I always know that I can get straight truth from you about the team. Yeah. And I'll be giving it to you today about Jimmy Garoppolo because all of a sudden you're his <laughs> biggest fan in life. What? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I said he didn't have a very good first half and you're like, they didn't punt. I'm like, they also kicked field. They never past the Chicago 30 yard line either. And Elijah Mitchell was doing everything and Devo Samuel after the catch. So we'll dig into all of that. But like oh, he did boy. have a, he had a decent second half. He had one throw that impressed me the entire game. That's what I'll say. The deep pass to Devo before halftime. That was the only throw that I was like, great throw, Jimmy Garoppolo. The rest were wide open passes and yards after the catch. I believe, since we're all about honesty on this show, believe what I said was that Jimmy Garoppolo was not the problem this week against the Bears. I'm just well, that's that's good, but I was I'm frustrated because I want to see Trey Lance out there. I also want them to win games, and I understand Jimmy Garoppolo probably gives you the better chance to win games. It's it's hard to win with a rookie quarterback. But if I'm going to be completely honest and realistic here, right? Mm -hmm. I don't foresee the 49ers being a Super Bowl contender this year. Like when I watch the team, I don't see a Super Bowl contender. It's the same thing for my Steelers. So I'm not trying to be rude. Like I don't see the Steelers making the Super Bowl even coming close to it either. It's just in that situation, then 
don't you want to see Trey Lance get him reps out there, see what he thrives in, see what situations he doesn't thrive in. So you have the entire offseason to work around that, to bring in guys and build around what his weaknesses are, what his strengths are. And now if you're just going to go with Jimmy Garoppolo to try to be the seventh seed in the playoffs and try to win one playoff game, it's like, ugh, that's just not what I want to see. I think that's exactly what's going on. I think that Kyle Shanahan is an old school coach. I think that making the playoffs to him this year means everything, especially considering he, you know, how many 10 plus lost seasons he has and he sees all his buddies around the league winning. I think it pisses him off, to be honest with you. So I think, yeah, he's like, I want to make the playoffs and we'll worry about next year, next year. But you mentioned adding guys for Trey Lance who might work with him. And the big news this morning as we record, Michelle, is that Odell Beckham Jr. is being released by the Cleveland Browns. Now, he does not become a free agent right away. He has to pass through waivers before that happens. So it's not going to be an Odell free-for-all. But let's just say it was, for the sake of this argument. One, a ton of 49ers fans have been dying for the team to pick him up. Do you think that is a good idea? Not at all. He might be okay with Jimmy Garoppolo, but that's not a good option for Trey Lance. I think Odell going to a young quarterback would be absolutely terrible for that young quarterback. I think Odell could thrive with Aaron Rodgers. I think maybe. Who like, couldn't? <laughs> yeah, right? Patrick Mahomes, one of these veteran guys that know what they're doing, they're not going to force feed him if they don't have to, right? Like if he's not open, if it's not a smart play, he's not going, Odell's not going to get in Aaron Rodgers' head. Aaron Rodgers is going to do what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. As we've Trey, seen this week yeah. with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it would be good for Trey Lance whatsoever. I mean, we saw Baker Mayfield with and without OBJ on the field. Like when OBJ is on the field, Baker Mayfield falls apart. And yes, yeah, so we can blame Baker for that. Like what in the world's going on? But then we also ask the question, why is he so much better without him on the field? Like he is a 10 times better quarterback with OBJ on the field. Baker has thrown 28 interceptions. 28 without OBJ on the field. He's only thrown four 28 to four, but those 28 are not like all on passes to Odell Beckham jr. Right? No, but it's when like, it's just something goes on with that offense and he just Baker struggles with OBJ on the field. He's at an 80 passer rating with him off the field. He's at 103.5 passer <laughs> rating. It's completely wow. different. And just the whole offense looks better. They mesh. The run game is going. There's something with that team. They just did not vibe with OBJ. And we, we don't know what the locker room was like. And I don't want to put it all on OBJ. We don't know. And we've once seen him be a fantastic wide receiver elsewhere. I'm happy they're splitting up. I'm actually sad as a Steelers fan. It was a blast having OBJ out there this year. <laughs> but like, it, it's good for the Browns. We are a gambling and fantasy show. So if you're a fantasy football owner and maybe Odell Beckham Jr. is on your waiver wire or maybe you can find a way to get him on your team, what is that worth your time? Or do you think he's not even worth a flyer? I'd pick him up to see where he goes and then trade him if he goes somewhere exciting. That's pretty much... I would only be picking up to have trade value after that like if he went to the packers you wouldn't want him i would trade him you you'd get way more out of the trade than you would what he's going to do he would get mm. so much hype if he went to the packers that oh, even if he does well whichever player you got for him like was worth it because he's going to have so much hype 
I don't, this is the thing I worry about, at least with the 49ers, that I don't think there's any way San Francisco gets to him. They are 12th on the waiver wire right now in order, and Seattle is ninth. And so I feel like there's no way that Seattle's going to let him go by them because they know that San Francisco might claim him, right? So I just, I don't know. I don't see it. It's Detroit one, Miami two, Houston three, the Jags four, Jets five, Giants six, Washington seven, the Eagles eight, Seattle nine, like I said, Chicago 10, Atlanta 11, and then the 49ers. I just don't see how he gets to San Francisco. Yeah, maybe he goes to a team like the Dolphins. I think that would suck for Tua. Tua would be so bad. <laughs> right. That's just what Tua needs, right? Like He's having all these kinds of struggles. His own team yeah. doesn't even want him, and then they're going to bring in Odell. There's not a lot of teams that make sense because you could say the Saints, they desperately need a wide receiver, but is OBJ going to be happy with Taysom Hill throwing him the ball? And Taysom Hill only attempts like 15 passes a game, so probably not. The Saints did try and negotiate with the Browns before the trade deadline, so I think they're interested, but they are also pretty low on the waiver order. They are 23rd, so I don't know. I feel like the Chiefs are 18. I feel like the Chiefs would claim Odell before the Saints would, would do that. And that would make me excited, you know, to see OBJ play with Patrick Mahomes. That would be exciting. And at that point, yes, you'd be happy to have him in fantasy to see what happens, but I'd still trade him because his value would be crazy. All right. There's the Odell conversation. I doubt it's happening in San Francisco. I'll be extremely excited if it does. But Really? Why would you be excited? Oh, because I, I still think, look, today is Odell Beckham Jr.'s 29th birthday. It's not like he's 35, you know, like he's still in his 20s. I think he could still be a really good player. I think he is a really good player. And the thing I like about him His best attribute, I think, is running after the catch, which is exactly what Kyle Shanahan loves to have his wide receivers do. So I think if he did come to San Francisco, he would do well. And God knows we could use more help on offense. Yeah. I mean, even his last year with the Giants, like the last, I don't know, he wasn't really doing anything after his first three years in the season. And everyone was like, he just needs to get away from Eli Manning. He just needs to get away from Eli Manning. And now he just needs to get away from Baker Mayfield. It's like, (laughs) Maybe it's the player. That's fair. That is fair. I've said many times, I said on the SB Nation NFL show this week, it is amazing to me that he's 29 years old and still the best quarterback he's ever played with is Eli Manning. I mean, Eli Manning wasn't a bad quarterback. No, he wasn't like amazing either, though. And it's like you have this. No, but a a lot of wide receivers don't play with elite quarterbacks, like, but they're still really good. Fair. That's you fair. Know, sometimes you don't always get the most elite Patrick Mahomes to play with. The 49ers did get some good news when it comes to wide receivers this week because we finally seem to have reached the end of the Brandon Ayuk saga. He had his most targets of the year last week against the Bears. Kyle Shanahan praised him in the locker room. He praised him in the public press conference after the game. The Niners let Brandon Ayuk sit down with Tim Kawakami and give a whole interview about how all his problems were stemming from practice and how they're past that now and how this whole thing is over with. So can I now like pick up Brandon Ayuk on the waiver wire? Can I now count on him to kind of get back to the player we saw at the end of his rookie year? I don't think so. I really don't. Like I know they're over it now, but this offense goes through Debo. It's Debo, Debo, Debo. 
Uh, Elijah Mitchell is looking fantastic. So it's Debo run. And now George Kittle's coming back. I don't foresee Ayuk all of a sudden getting even more targets now and, and being utilized more with George Kittle back. Debo Samuel has accounted for 46% of the 49ers receiving yards this season. Highest That's percent true. by a player this season. Only player over 40% of their team's receiving yards. And he's at 46. That's not a winning formula. That, uh, no, that's too much, right? They can't keep yeah. that up. No, I mean, Devo Samuel is absolutely amazing. He he looks special out there. But if teams are, you know, like, okay, well, all we have to do then is guard Devo. It's a hard thing to do. Not every defense is going to be able to do it. But sooner or later, that's going to catch up to them. So I do think Brandon Ayuk needs to be utilized more. And he might be, but I still think it's going to be hard to trust him in any given week in fantasy. The questionable thing for the 49ers this week is that Elijah Mitchell has a rib injury. He's banged up. And Debo Samuel aggravated his calf injury earlier this week, too. So, I mean, it could be really fortunate for the 49ers that Kittle and Ayuk are going to go because they may not have Debo at all, which would be fascinating because what the hell would the 49ers do on offense then? Do they give all Debo's targets to Ayuk? They, I mean, I think Ayuk would thrive as a focal point. I mean, he did last year, right? Like he was a very good wide receiver one for that offense when they needed him. I feel like Debo will play. I, I feel like he'll he'll play with this injury and be just fine. I you I think Elijah Mitchell is huge for this game because we've seen Jamichael Hasty. He's not he's not it, right? Like I'm not a hasty fan. <laughs> Trey Sermons doesn't work in the system, not even close to as well as Elijah Mitchell does. Elijah Mitchell is huge. He every time he gets that ball in his hands, I'm like, he kind he reminds me of Raheem Mostert. Like he's that same type of player where he can break one off in any given moment. And he he seems stronger to me as well. I think everything I'm seeing out of Elijah Mitchell in the Cardinals rush defense is pretty, pretty bad. And their pass defense is pretty good. So I think Mitchell needs to be healthy in this game and the 49ers could very likely win. The Niners offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel, told an awesome story this week that he heard from Trent Williams. Trent Williams said that there was a play that Mitchell got a handoff and it, the blocking just kind of wasn't there. And Mitchell ended up crashing into the back of Trent Williams. And Trent said he hasn't been hit that hard by a running back since Adrian Peterson <laughs> when they played together in Washington. Now, you Damn. can say with like, yeah, it's his teammate, so he's going to talk him up. But Trent Williams does not exaggerate. Earlier this year, he said that Nick Bosa was going to look better than he did his rookie year. And that's been proven pretty accurate. If not accurate, then pretty damn close to it. So for Trent to throw the Adrian Peterson comparison out there, specifically in the same week that Adrian Peterson is now back in the league at age 36, I mean, that opened my eyes. That, hey, maybe Elijah Mitchell is really something special. He looks special out there. He's perfect for the system. He's exactly what they needed. I'm very happy they took him later in that later in the draft because, you know, they already had the Raheem Mostert, but he gets hurt so often that I'm very happy they had that safety net with Mitchell. Um, and if he's healthy, like they don't have a line out right now for him because of the injury. There's very few betting lines out there with this game with all the injuries happening. But if Elijah Mitchell's sitting there again at 70 rushing yards and he's going to play like smash that over because he keeps proving Vegas wrong. They keep having his line low for some reason. And he keeps doing it. And against the Cardinals, uh, you know, especially against the Cardinals offense, that's so injured. You would expect them to struggle in this game that the 49ers will be able to run. And that is the weakness of the Cardinals defense. So, you know, if Elijah Mitchell's sitting there at 70 to 80, 85 rushing yards, I'm going to smash that over again and keep winning money off of him.
All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll look at some of the props that are out there and we'll do a little different props this week. Cause like you said, a lot of the lines are not yet out due to injury, but we'll still give you some advice when we come back. This is the gold diggers podcast that we recorded this. It is 11 o'clock Eastern on Friday morning, Michelle. And I just saw this on Twitter. Niners GM John Lynch was just on KMBR and he was asked if the Niners will make a claim on Odo Beckham Jr. He said, quote, what I can assure you is we're always trying to make ourselves better. And if we have an opportunity to do so, we will. I'll leave it at that for strategic reasons. Then the host said, stay tuned. And Lynch responded, next question. Now, maybe I'm crazy, but that sounds like they're at least going to put in a claim for Odell. Yeah, they could. I don't like it, but you like it. So I, I would be interested to hear from other 49ers fans. Like, what do they want out of this? Would they want OBJ? Do they think he's the OBJ from the beginning of his career? Do they think he's the OBJ that's ruined Baker Mayfield whenever he's on the field? <laughs> it's probably somewhere in the middle. And that's why I don't know if it's worth it. The other question is, like, if you think Odell Beckham Jr. is, like, kind of a problem, do you want him around Brandon Ayuk, who you supposedly just sort of straightened out, right? Do you want him around Debo Samuel, another young wide receiver? Do you want that guy around some impressionable young players? Yeah, and if you sign OBJ, that's saying again, oh, we spent a first-round pick on Brandon Ayuk, and we're barely going to use him. It's like, way to waste another pick. Yeah, well, the 49ers uh, last... Trade Ayuk, please. Just trade Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> the 49ers' first six members of their draft class this year did not play a single snap last week against the Bears. Fortunately, they also put up 33 points, but nonetheless, that just is frustrating at times. Um, okay, so we're waiting on word for the Friday practice from the Cardinals, whether or not Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins and all those guys are going to practice. So some of the lines are not up yet, but we're still going to do our best to give you advice. Some are. And uh, one thing we saw, first of all, this line on this game is now 49ers minus two. At one point early in the week, it was Cardinals by four and a half. Now it's Niners minus two. Vegas is telling you they don't think Kyler's going to play. Yeah, I I feel like Kyler might try to get out there, but I don't know how well he's going to perform. So I, I'm still fine with that minus two line. I think the bigger thing here is I don't think DeAndre Hopkins will play with that hamstring injury. And even if he does, those are so likely to re-injure your hamstring. Like, I don't know if he makes it through the game. Since he like he left last game, didn't come back. He's not practicing at all this week. Like I don't see him playing. And then with AJ Green on the COVID nineteen list, I guess technically he can come back. But we haven't seen these players really, you know, get those negative tests and come back after they put been put on the list that week. It's been very rare. So I do also expect him to miss the game. That's huge for that offense. And I, I like the line there. I think it's a very fair line by Vegas. And I'm taking the 49ers to to win and cover. Okay, so no A.J. Green, potentially. No DeAndre Hopkins, potentially. From a betting and fantasy perspective, the first question I think of is who benefits for the Cardinals? Who's getting those targets and touches? So I think at first people might think Christian Kirk, which he would be more involved. But I think with Kyler Hurt and with Chase Edmonds also banged up, Rondo Moore is going to be their focal point of the offense this week because you can manufacture touches for him, get him in space. I think it's going to be a lot of short 
targets. They're going to use him in the backfield as well as a runner. But I think their goal will be to get the ball around on Moore's hands because anything can happen after that ball is in his hands. He's truly special after the catch. It's kind of like how they used Debo last year. Like, I, I think they could really use Rondo Moore in that type of way. If Green and Hopkins are out, Kyler can't move around. Like, he's going to get a lot of dump off. So I love, we don't have a line right now, but receptions, whatever his over is, I don't foresee them making it higher than 5.5 because throughout the season, he's only hit over five one time. So I understand if the other wide receivers are out, his line should be higher, but I'm willing to go all the way up to six six and a half like i feel very confident ronda moore will be used heavily in this game six and eight so you think he's going to have at least seven catches in this game i think he will i think a lot of them will be short targets wow. uh, but i think they're going to manufacture touches for him and if there's a, a line for his rushing yards and it's under 20 like i'm taking that too because chase edmonds is banged up james connor is a fine running back but they've shown they don't want to use him too much like he's not he only had five carries last week. Uh, his high this year, he did get to 18, but I think Rondell Moore could be given a couple carries back there and he can rip off anyone for 15 yards. So we'll see what his rushing yards are, but I bet you it's like 10 to 12. Like I'll, I'll take that. Hmm. Uh, we do have a rushing yardage total. Chase Edmonds is 39 and a half. James Conner is 37 and a half. Do you like the over or the under, I guess? What do you like on either of those? So I'm taking James Conner over 37 and a half rushing yards. He didn't get it last week. He only had five carries for 22 yards, but that game was weird. I mean, the Cardinals would, were down pretty much the entire game to the Packers. You know, Chase Edmonds... He's good, right? So they're utilizing him more in the passing game because they had to come back. It was just a, a weird game, and he got two rushing touchdowns on five carries, which is pretty crazy. But now, like I've said, Kyler Murray's hurt. They're not going to be able to run with him. Chase Edmonds is now banged up. I think he gets 12 to 15 carries, and he's going to hit that over 37 and a half pretty easily. He destroyed that over in the two games before with 71 and 64 yards. So I think he easily gets that over this week. All right. Now for the 49ers, they're still on a ton of lines out either. One that is Jimmy Garoppolo's passing yardage for the game, 220 and a half. And like, my God, do they know right where to put that damn number so you don't know what to do with it? I really don't like this. I don't like this line because it's such a fair line. It's a 50-50 <laughs> shot to me. Like, I really don't want to pick a side. I mean, Garoppolo has hit that over three times this year and he's not even come close to it three times this year. So again, 50, 50. And then when you're looking at what the Cardinals have allowed this year, they haven't allowed any quarterback to go over 280. That's the most was Matthew Stafford. They only allowed Matthew Stafford to have over 250 passing yards. Um, Kirk cousins of Baker Mayfield just got over that over. And then Trevor Lawrence, Ryan Tannehill, Trey Lance, Aaron Rodgers. All were under the 220 versus the Cardinals. I hate this line because it's such a good line. What would you do here? Oh, I can't even look to Jimmy Garoppolo's history, right? Because in 2019, he had his two best games against the Cardinals. He was great. But in 2020, he played against them one time in week one when everybody was healthy and he was horrible against the Cardinals that day. I I don't know. I he think did have that... 259 yards, though. So he would have hit the over. So he would have hit the over that day. I something in my brain is like, do not count on Jimmy Garoppolo to have two games with a high passing yardage total two weeks in a row. Like he, he had 300 yards against the bears. They put up 33 points. 
my brain just still does not expect good things to happen for the 49ers when Jimmy Garoppolo was under center. So I'm, I wouldn't take the under. I just wouldn't touch the bet. That's exactly me. I wouldn't take the under. It's too low. Like he could easily. I mean, it takes one Debo Samuel like screen to bring it to the house and he's going to hit the over, right? That's pretty much what it comes down to. Does Debo Samuel have a long uh, catch that he takes, uh, you know, 60 yards after the catch? Then, yeah, he'll hit the over. If Debo Samuel doesn't do that, then it's very likely he doesn't. Uh, So I don't want to touch it. Right. I mean, Garoppolo had an 84-yard screen to Debo and a 50-yard bomb to Debo. That's a that was 134 of his 322 yards came on two plays. Without 185 those, of his yards came on wide open targets. Kyle Shanahan was in his bag against the Bears. Finally, it seemed like he woke up out of his slumber. I continue to say because the Jimmy Garoppolo touchdown line is one and a half in this game. I continue to say that is the one consistent bet that I will take the under on Michelle all season long. And guess what? You would have made money every single week except one, except the Packers week. Jimmy Garoppolo has been under one and a half touchdown passes. I take it again this week, and I still feel good about it. Yeah, and it's like you said, could he have two? Yes, but if you keep doing it every single week, you're going to come out on top because he's not, he doesn't typically pass touchdowns. This is Elijah Mitchell. He gets those carries around there, or Trey Lance comes in when he's healthy again, or Jimmy Mm -hmm. Garoppolo runs in. But yeah, I'm definitely taking the under every game. You're going to be wrong sometimes. If a quarterback doesn't ever throw for two touchdowns in a game, that would be really, really bad. But 75, 80% of the time, you're going to win. There's two ways to make money. You can you can make money betting on that particular week, or you could try to take the long haul and make money after 16 weeks, and I feel absolutely great about that. That's probably like my most confident bet of the season is Garoppolo under one and a half touchdown passes every single freaking week. The over-under for last week was 39, and first I said I would take the under. Then I changed my mind before the show ended and said take the over. Obviously, that was a good bet because the 49ers themselves scored 33 points, so that was good. The over-under for this week is 45, Michelle. Does last week give you a little more confidence in the 49ers offense, or what do you think? So much of it comes down to Kyler Murray. Like, because the Cardinals are scoring a ton of points. I mean, they're averaging over close to 31 points per game. So that would mean the 49ers only had to put up 14 points if you're just looking at the averages. But obviously with Kyler Murray not healthy and all of these pieces missing, that's a total question mark. I still think I would take the over. Oh, the last two times, the last time these two teams played though, and Kyler Murray was healthy, they only scored 27 points together. It is a mm-hmm. divisional game. Those are gross. Another one I don't want to touch, but I actually I'm gonna take the under here. I'm gonna take wow. The this is the I think this is like the first scoring under you've ever taken this year. Yeah, I know I don't like taking unders. I hate it. Uh, but yeah, I would take the under. Part of me wants to believe that like Kyle Shanahan, like he he hit his stride now, like he found it. They figured it out. Elijah Mitchell has figured out which holes to hit and and things are going good. And now the Niners offense is gonna get rolling, but you know, you're not playing the Bears. And I tried to tell people to just enjoy the win on Sunday after the game last week because there were a lot of people saying it's the Bears, it's the Bears. And I was like, dude, today's not the day for that. Just be happy you finally won a game. Now, looking back, I do look back and say, I don't know how much of that we can believe. The Cardinals' defense is significantly better than Chicago's, even without J.J. Watt. So 
Yeah, I don't know, 45. I could see the Niners scoring like 28, but I I don't think that the cards are going to keep up there into the bargain, even if Kyler plays, because I almost think that a banged-up Kyler Murray, that could be really, really bad for Arizona because he can't yeah. – if he can't scramble, he's not going to be able to see. And I know that's, like, mean to say, but, like, he is not a tall person, and the people in front of him are much, much yeah. taller – the Niners just said this week they're going to move Eric Armstead to the middle of the line. That's another giant that he's going to have right up the middle. San Francisco did a very good job keeping him penned in when he was healthy when they played earlier this season. I think a banged-up Kyler Murray could be very bad for the Cardinals' offense. It, it really could be. I mean, we saw it last year. They struggled when he got hurt. So in the 49ers game last year at the end of the year, uh, there was a banged up Kyler Murray, 20 to 12, another low scoring game, 32 points, even in their week one matchup. That was like a normal game, 24 to 20. That's 44 points. It's still under. It's like this. These two teams do not do not score a lot of points together. But yeah, if, they actually brought it up on the broadcast during the game, during the Cardinals game. They were like, if he can't move outside the pocket, he can't see over these linemen. And it's like. They weren't trying to be mean. They said most quarterbacks have trouble seeing over the linemen. That's my only worry about him to Rondo Moore because then you have a five foot six Rondo Moore. Like, how is he going to see him? So it's <laughs> definitely going to have to be like uh, to the outside and short passes. But yeah, that's funny. You, you kind of convinced me. I think I might have to go under. What about the actual spread of the game? Niners minus two. I think the Niners can win this game. A lot of it comes down for me with Elijah Mitchell because I really do think he's that important to your offense. But I think if he plays, I, I'm confident they can run the ball, um, chew out that clock, win a close game. But I, I think they can cover two points. The other thing I saw from that John Lynch interview is he said there's a chance they activate Jeff Wilson off the pup list to play this week, which is amazing because Wilson hasn't played all season long. Um, yeah. That obviously, I think, would would spell the end of Jamichael Hasty getting any significant carries for the 49ers. Um, and another wasted pick on Trey Sermon, and they traded up for him. Yeah, I mean, the poor Trey Sermon. Like the, the, the crazy thing about that is he's looked good when he's gotten the opportunity. It's not like he's looked bad. I thought he did a good job. He just he doesn't fit the system very well. Elijah Mitchell is right. definitely better for the system, but stop taking players you don't want to use. That'd right. Like stop taking players that don't fit the system. When when you take Trey Sermon and then you tell, I think it was Chris Collinsworth that, well, we have to teach him, you know, how to run in the system because he doesn't really run what we usually do. It's like, well, then why did you just draft a guy you don't have to waste that time with? Like draft a guy like that knows they what did. he's doing. And right. they did with Elijah Mitchell, but why trade up then for Trey Sermon? And you loved and you the just, pick when they made it. I love Trey Sermon, and I wish they weren't wasting him. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, well, it'd be nice to not waste any of the first six picks of the NFL draft, but the 49ers are, you know, like they're just going to be like the Rams. Instead of trading the picks to get good players, they're just going to not have any draft picks because they're not going to play any of the guys. I think that's the strategy the Niners have taken. <laughs> That is going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers podcast. Again, we remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation podcast network. If you leave a review, good and bad, and you've heard me read the bad ones, I still read them on the air. So whatever review you leave, I promise you we will read it on the show. Michelle, enjoy the week. Uh, before we go, as always, I want to know about your Steelers. Steelers, who do they have this week? The Bears. So one week the after Bears. the 49ers. Mm, see, we uh, showed you the way. I want to... 
I don't want Justin Fields to look as good as he did against the 49ers, but I think JJ Watt or not JJ TJ Watt will, um, will kind of destroy Justin Fields. I don't know. Well, see, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Although see, here's the wild card. Matt Nagy's back and you don't know, like they used fields differently against the 49ers than Nagy has used him. So do they go back to the crappy way that Nagy was doing it? Or did they start being smart and using him the way we saw last week? Yeah, Matt Nagy needs a go. That's 100% true. Like, I'm happy he's back uh, for and the healthy. Steelers. Right. Yes, and healthy. It is a home game. It's a Monday night game. Uh, I think the Steelers crowd's going to go insane. It's not an easy place to play in. It's going to be cold, I'm guessing, in Pittsburgh and windy because it always is windy and rainy <laughs> and cold there. Uh, so I don't even need to look up the weather. It's just always what it is. Uh, and it, it's going to be a, a hard game for Fields to come out come out looking good. And I just, TJ Watt needs to catch up to Miles Garrett and those sacks. He's played two less games. So, but Garrett had four of his 10 sacks against Justin Fields. I want TJ Watt to do the same. Let's go. All right. Well, there you have it. Enjoy the game, everybody. We remind you after the game, you can join us on the Niners Nation YouTube and Facebook and Twitter pages. We do an instant reaction show, breaking down everything that happened. We take your questions, your comments. We always like to hear your three words to describe the game, good, bad, or ugly. I really, really hope we're talking about a second straight win for the 49ers because if you can't win this game against a division rival who's injured as all get out, when you're starting to get your stuff together, like it's just not going to happen this season. So we will see. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. And we will talk to you on Sunday night. Bye, y'all.